Hey there, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Bible in Life podcast. My name is John Whitaker, and I'm the host of the Bible in Life, and I'm glad you're joining me here on this episode. I know we missed last week, so if some of you were looking for a new episode last week, apologize for that. We missed it. It's a byproduct of a couple different things. One, my own surgery and recovery from surgery combined with my daughter who is pregnant and she had to go in for some tests last week a couple times. And so we had grandkids at the house almost every day last week. And so things were just a little bit crazy. It was really hard to record. So I apologize for that, but we're back uh, on this episode and we are going to jump into a new series beginning on this episode. But before we do that, I know people have asked, so I just thought I'd give a little bit of an update, surgery, how I'm doing, and all of that. So it's been four weeks since I had a new hip put in, hip replacement surgery, uh, and I am doing well. I am up and about and moving, still use a cane some of the time as I'm just gaining strength and stability, but I'm walking a lot of the time now, uh, at least around the house and stuff without a cane. And so everything's getting better. There's still some tenderness and soreness in the hip, but we're making good progress. I feel good. I'm sleeping better um, now that the pain has subsided some and even the pain from before surgery that was just in my hip. So I'm getting better sleep. So all of that's good. So just wanted you to know I am doing well and I am getting back in the saddle of getting stuff done here for the podcast, for the listener's commentary, and other ministry things that I do as well. So for those of you who were uh, were aware of my surgery and prayed for my surgery, man, thanks a ton. There were people praying for it, asking me messages, checking in on me, and I just appreciate that a ton. So thanks so much for that. Thanks for your care and your encouragement in that way. And while we're on that, uh, I've got a super busy next few months. I've got three or four speaking engagements where I travel and speak. I've got a couple conferences I'm attending, not speaking at, but just being a part of. And, uh, and so uh, between now and the beginning of May, I probably have five, maybe six different speaking engagements, uh, two or three conferences. So I got a really busy next couple months. So, um, just keep me in your prayers on that and that the Lord would put his uh, blessing and favor upon my ministry and my writing of messages and my speaking and my traveling and all of that. And that in the midst of all of that, he would be honored and he would bear much fruit through what we're doing here in ministry. So just thought I'd throw that out there for you. I think Thank each and every one of you so much for the encouraging notes I get, the prayers you pray and, and all of that. So thanks a ton for that. All right, I want to begin on this episode a new series that's really at the heart of everything um, we do, you, me, us, that we do as believers, as followers of Jesus. Um, and so I want to I want to kind of kick that off, and then over the next handful of weeks, I just want to explore a lot of things related to it. And so let me kick that off by asking you a question. What is the mission of Jesus for your life? What is the mission of Jesus for your life? Now, the reality is the details we may not know for sure. Details will look different for me than for you. It looks different for me than for my wife, right? It looks different for me than my son or my daughter-in-law or my son-in-law, right? Like, for you, for my friends, our, the details may look different. 
But the fact is, there's one mission and only one mission that Jesus gave us as his people. And that is uh, to be at the heart of those details. That is to be at the heart of what we do. And what's that mission? Well, that mission is very clearly stated for us by Jesus in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. It's right at the end of Matthew's gospel. It's the last words, in fact, that Jesus speak in Matthew's gospel. Jesus has uh, been resurrected from the dead. He has been meeting with his apostles. We learn from Acts chapter 1 that he's been meeting with them over a period of a month and a half, 40 days. Uh, he has been teaching them things concerning the kingdom of God during those 40 days in a post-resurrection state. And now it's time for him to kind of end those post-resurrection meetings and hand uh, them off to the work of the Holy Spirit and commission them for the mission that he gave to his people, to his apostles, to his church, then and now. And so what did Jesus say in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20? Jesus said this, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Notice, that's the opening line. In other words, what Jesus is saying is, I am the true king of the universe, all authority, not some, not most, like there are lots of authority figures, and there are lots of powers and authorities in the world, but ultimately all authority rests in and with Jesus. He is, he is the number one authority figure in the universe. He's in charge. All authority has been given to me, Jesus said. Therefore, here's, here's his mission, go and make disciples. That's the mission he gave to us as his people. And so that's the mission that should be at the heart of our life. Now, again, the details will look different from your life to my life to other people's lives. Um, it'll look different because of our opportunities. It'll look different because of our uh, social setting. It'll look different because of our culture we live in. It'll look different. Like There's a lot of reasons, right? Um, but <clears throat> that's the heart of it. Our life is to be about helping people uh, become disciples of Jesus. And so this series that I want to launch over the uh, now and explore over the next few weeks is just on this idea of let's be and make disciples. Be and make disciples. That's what our life is to be about. We're supposed to be a disciple and we're supposed to, in whatever way we can, help make disciples. Now, I do think it's fair to say um, that making disciples is not purely a me thing. It's a we thing. That is, this is something that we, as God's people, do together. So your job isn't to make a total and complete disciple. My job isn't to make a total and complete disciple. My job is to be part of Jesus's work through us of helping people become disciples. So I'm to be a disciple, living that out, and then I'm to play a part in furthering Jesus' work of making disciples. And so I want to explore that starting today and then over the next handful of weeks, what's entailed in that? What does it mean to be a disciple? Uh, how do we make disciples? 
Is there a pathway for being a disciple and making disciples? What's the goal of being a disciple? How do I know if I'm making disciples? What's the method for making disciples? Right? There's just lots of things for us to explore. Of whom do I make disciples? Like, who are the people that in your life or my life I make disciples of? Um, how do I know if I'm making a disciple or not? Right? There's all sorts of things. What's the engine, the motivation for discipleship, for both being a disciple? There's just all sorts of questions for us to explore around this theme that are really, really important. And if that's the central mission that Jesus gave us as his people, it's worth our time to reflect on and explore and think about. So let's start by the with this passage out of Matthew 28 when he says, go and make disciples. The assumption is he's speaking to disciples. So they're already disciples and they're going to make them. And they know what that means. They have a picture in their mind of what a disciple is and what it means to make them. We don't always have the same picture. And so what's a disciple? Like, if you're going to be one, what does that mean? If you're going to make some, what does that mean? What's a disciple? This is really, really important for us to reflect on. Um, And sometimes when I ask this question in a live audience and hands go up, um, the kinds of answers I get, maybe these are some of the things you're thinking of, uh, a disciple is a student. A disciple is a learner. A disciple is a follower. These are some of the answers I get, all of which are at least partially correct. The problem is, is what content goes in those words. So think about a student. In my context, where I live and teach, and I taught at a college level for full-time for 19 years, part-time ever since then. So uh, I've spent a lot of time in with students. And in my cultural context, what does a student look like? Well, a student is somebody who comes to a classroom, sits either at a desk or a table or someplace like that. They have their laptop out or they have a notebook out. They have pen and paper and the teacher talks and they write down notes. That's a student, right? Is that what a disciple is? It's a fair question. Um, when we say a learner, well, a learner is broader than a student because you can learn things in a lot of different ways. Um, And so maybe that approaches it a little bit closer. Here's the thing. When we talk student or learner, at least in my cultural context, think me again in the classroom, the students are writing down things in their notebooks. Why? Because they know there's going to be a, there's going to be a test and they want to get the right answers on the test. So they get the right grades. In other words, the goal of being a student, as we typically mean it today, is to get the right information so you can pass the class. That's the goal of being a student. Is that the same goal of being a disciple? So when Jesus says, go and make disciples, his disciples who hear him say that, uh, they have a very clear picture in mind based on their cultural context that shaped what they would do and what they w- how they would do it and what they would aim for. In Jesus' world, Uh, The Hebrew word for disciple was Talmud. A group of disciples was Talmudim. Um, In Greek, the word for disciple is mathetes. Um, In Jesus' world, and 
not radically different, at least at times in various parts of the Greek-speaking world, but in Jesus' world, when Jesus thought of a Talmud, a disciple, what he pictured was a rabbi and disciple relationship. And the goal of that relationship was not so much to get the right information so that when the rabbi asked the question, you could get the right answer and thus pass the class and go on to the next lesson in rabbi school or whatever it was. That wasn't the goal. What was the goal? Well, the goal in that relationship was for the Talmud, the disciple, to not just know what the rabbi knew, but that was a means to a greater end, and that greater end was to become what the rabbi was, to be like him. And so a disciple attached themselves to a particular rabbi with the specific aim and desire to imitate the rabbi, to learn what he knew, to learn his yoke, to learn his understanding of Torah and scripture, to learn all of that in order that he might actually begin to adopt the rabbi's yoke, his way of life, his way of applying the scripture and living the scripture and relating to God and living it out. That was the goal. And so it was a highly, yes, there was information involved, but it was also highly relational. And it was all about becoming like the rabbi. So when Jesus says to his disciples there in Matthew 28, go and make disciples, well, that's what they've been doing. For the last three years, Peter, James, John, right? These guys, they've been living as disciples with Jesus, following him around Galilee and down into Judea, watching him, listening to him, seeing how he interacted with people and then meeting with him privately afterwards and debriefing with him and talking about it. And he's been challenging them, helping them think it through. And part of the reason I think Jesus chose Capernaum as his home base in Galilee was because it was a multicultural center in Galilee and they could see him interact with all sorts of different kinds of issues and people and topics there in Capernaum. And they would watch and they would see and they would learn and they would adopt and they would practice and they would try and they would try to do the same things. That's how rabbi discipleship um, relationship worked in Jesus' world. And so that's the picture that Jesus and Jesus' disciples would have had in mind when he said, go and make disciples. Now, our culture is different. Our world is different. But here's the thing. Uh, discipleship or disciple making always happens through some sort of life-on-life -life transfer. There's always a relational component involved in that. There's always somebody in some sort of way sharing what they know and sharing who they are and modeling it for you so you can see, so you learn how to be a, a disciple and how to take on their yoke. And that's why Paul can say in his letters, imitate me as I imitate Christ. He's a disciple of Jesus. He's making disciples there of the Corinthians. And so the things they see in him and his approach, including the things he tells them and instructs them, all of that, well, that's his, his way of following Jesus, his discipleship to Jesus. And he's saying, now, the things you see in me that are like Jesus, you imitate those things in me. He provides a concrete example of being a disciple. So he's He's living as a disciple, and out of that, he's making disciples. This is the entire way the early church moved forward. 
This is the entire way the early church changed the Roman Empire. This is the entire way the modern church will impact society and culture. This is the fundamental thing the church and each of us who make up the church are to be about. This is what we're to pray about, and this is how we're to live. We're to be disciples, and we're to use our life in whatever way we can to help other people live as disciples too. And here's what's really important to realize. There in Matthew 28, when Jesus tells us to make disciples, then he tells us immediately after that, two specific things were to do in order to make disciples. How do you make a disciple? Well, guess what? Jesus tells us there in Matthew 28, 19 and 20. So he says, go and make disciples. Then how do you do that? Well, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So the first thing that a new, newly formed disciple ought to do is get baptized. That's the line in the sand. That's to say, okay, I am identifying with Jesus and his worldview and his mission and his purpose and all that. I'm entering into Jesus, right? Like he now is going to be my master. He's got all authority. He's going to be in charge. He's the Lord. He's the teacher of my life. And so I'm going to be his disciple, even if that means there's going to be other human beings who are helping me live as disciples. So I'm entering into discipleship to Jesus. I mark that with baptism. So go make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. First thing you do. And the second thing you do is teaching. Notice what he says. And teaching them. But you got to keep reading. He doesn't say teaching them to know everything Jesus knew. or Teaching them everything you know. He doesn't say that. He says teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And so to make disciples and to be a disciple, we're learning how to to do everything that Jesus taught. It assumes obedience. It assumes application. It assumes putting it into practice. That's why the life-on-life transfer stuff is so important, because sometimes people need to see concrete examples or concrete patterns of how to do it. It's more like coaching than a teacher in a school. When I would coach soccer, no desks, right? No notebooks, just soccer balls and little girls out there running around and then coming back in and I'm saying, okay, here's a better way to do that drill. And we would work on it and we would get better, right? And so they're learning how to do it as I show them and I instruct them and then they practice and then we debrief and then they practice some more. So the teaching that leads to discipleship and disciple making is teaching to do, teaching them to do or to obey or to keep everything I have commanded you. So to be a disciple is to be somebody who's learning from Jesus and other disciples who are further down the road than us how to follow Jesus. And making disciples means we're doing the same thing for people who aren't quite as far down the road as us. Whatever little part that looks like for in, in our uh, life, in our cultural context. And so, so what's a disciple? A disciple is somebody who is uh, being with Jesus in order to become like Jesus. Fundamentally, that's what a disciple is. Somebody who has attached themselves with Jesus so that they can become like Jesus. They've entered into Jesus, marked by baptism, and they're learning from Jesus to do all the things he taught so that they can be like him. 
Um, because that's what discipleship is. In the ancient world, when Jesus said, make disciples, that's what he pictured. You attach yourself to a rabbi to become like him. And so to be a disciple of Jesus is to be with him in order to be like him. And when we say be like him, there's two components to being like him. It's being like him in character, the same character traits that Jesus has, love, joy, peace, patience, humility, kindness, all these things. Character and like him in mission. So that we, the, the thing that Jesus was about, that's what we're about. So we're like him in character and we're like him in mission. That's what it means to be a disciple, to have attached ourselves to Jesus uh, so that we can become like Jesus, both in the character of his life and in the mission of his life. And so I want to explore now over the next handful of weeks, that idea, how do we do that? And how do we help other people do that? Be and make disciples. That's the call of Jesus on our life. That's what it means to be a Christian. First and foremost, uh, the disciples were called disciples, not Christians. That came later. So to be a Christian is to be a disciple. And to be a disciple is to be somebody who's living with Jesus in order to become like Jesus and helping other people do the same. All right. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Bible in Life podcast. Uh, thanks to all of you who make this ministry possible by your generous support. The Bible in Life is a part of an overall ministry that includes this podcast, the Listener's Commentary podcast, uh, some online courses that are available in a couple different places. And all of that ultimately is made possible by those of you who generously support this ministry. So thanks a ton for your support. If you want to join the team of supporters, you can do so at the link down in the notes below or by going to johnwhitaker.net. johnwhitaker.net, you can click the Give button there, and you can set up a monthly donation by putting in an amount, clicking the little box that says Make This a Monthly Donation. All donations are received in partnership with World Family Mission, a registered nonprofit. You can also set up a one-time donation there as well. Just put in the amount and click uh, give there. So thanks a ton for your support. God bless you guys.